Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Many have shared that their feeling was that this work in Arizona, one of the characteristics of it, it was a sovereign work of God that could only happen in the cultural setting of Arizona. And this could not happen in Florida. This was peculiar to Arizona and peculiar to the work there. God was only sovereign there. Beloved, I want you to know that God wants to be sovereign in lots of places. When he can find someone that will take Mark 16, 15 to heart. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is the commission that lays upon us this morning. I'd like to share with you for a few moments a few of the keys that we feel is basic to what God has done there. There's nothing profound. It is but the simple verse of Mark 16:15, found again repeated in essence in Matthew 28. And that is that God has given us a gospel. That gospel changes lives. It is a revolution in human nature. And that gospel brings a transforming experience. If we will but reach the lost and preach to them Jesus Christ and him crucified, that it will bring a change in their lives. We have an emphasis in our fellowship on personal evangelism. We believe that God's word teaches us that we need to go out and witness of Jesus Christ in the highways and in the hedges. We're in a tremendous day in the day in which we live. There's a great wave of opposition. There are many subtle movements against personal witnessing and against encounter evangelism and against street evangelism and against uh, what is called pressure tactics. I picked up a book recently, and as a testimony of this, let me quote this author. If you go out and witness to someone and God didn't tell you to go, it'll profit nothing. That person won't be under conviction. In fact, he might harden his heart against Jesus because you showed up and clobbered him and were obnoxious and rude. You'll notice that he correlates encounter evangelism automatically with being obnoxious and rude. But this author says, but when the Spirit's there, the witness brings life, it's quickened. Another author quotes this. This man's a friend of mine. He'll still be my friend after I read this, but I don't agree with him. How many times we've been counseled, uh, the newborn again baby, to go back to work and call everybody around him and tell him how he got saved? Bad advice. Not only from a testimonial standpoint, but would it not look pretty stupid to place a new baby only a few days old before a big crowd and say, now tell me, how were you born? The infant would be capable of some cooing and crying, but it would not be ready to answer any questions as to how it happened to be born. Would it not be best for these new creatures to grow in the grace of God, mature, and get some answers before they're instructed to go and tell their story? Oh, friend of mine, 
I want you to know that the moment a creature is born into the family of God, the moment they meet Jesus Christ and are born again, they're a qualified witness to go and tell others. And we do not give courses on soul winning and evangelism. We simply tell them, go from this place and go tell someone that Jesus Christ has done something for you. And we believe that every believer is an evangelist because we believe this is the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This scripture said, go unto every creature. Listen, friend, God does not have to say to us again, I want you to go out and witness him. 1900 years ago, Jesus said to us, go ye out into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He does not have to say one more word. Those are our marching orders. We need no sign from heaven. We need no urging of the Spirit. We have a command that has never been rescinded. Every believer is commanded to go and witness for Jesus Christ. Those orders have never been rescinded. I have people sometimes, they say to me, and this is the cool of the hour, what's God saying over to you over there in Arizona? I say to them, he's still saying to us in Arizona exactly what he's saying in California, what he's saying in Arkansas, what he's saying in South Africa and the Orient. He's saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. Paul says, I am a debtor to every man and to every woman. I have a delinquent account. It's overdue. I'm getting red-bordered letters in the mail. God is dunning me that this command has not been made a payment on. And he's saying to me, go and witness to every creature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The moment we are saved, my friend, when that woman at the well had an encounter with the Son of God, she went back into that city and said, come see a man that told me all that I ever did is not this the Christ. And an entire city that Jesus could not reach was revolutionized. And they came and heard his words and they said now we believe not because of your words but because we have ourselves heard and seen and we believe because we have seen when Andrew went from the presence of the Son of God he went to the Lord Jesus beloved and as he met him he went from there and he find his own brother and he told him is not this the Messiah when the shepherds saw the babe in the manger beloved they went from that place and they made known abroad these good news of the Son of God and a soul winner beloved is commissioned from the moment that they get saved and the best soul winners of any congregation are the new converts, not the mature saints of God. It is that cutting edge of a revival. It is that cutting edge of the new convert that is a thrill with Jesus and with boldness goes out and wins their family and their friends and their neighbors and those on the job. The moment they are saved, they're qualified to be a witness for Jesus Christ. If you believe it, will you say amen? amen. There's a little poem that says they will not seek, they must be sought. They will not learn, they must be taught. They will not come, they must be brought. Jesus said, go ye out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Use an urgency upon them and bring them into the Savior's fold. And every person that is born into God's family is qualified to be an evangelist. Secondly, we have a call. In our services to repentance, we give an opportunity for and a call to repentance. Now, there's a very erroneous uh, concept that's moving around the earth today. And that is uh, that it's easier to get saved today than it's ever been. 
Friend, that was not based upon the Word of God. It has never been easier to get saved in any generation than it was in the last. It has always been hard to get saved. Not from God's viewpoint. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In one moment of time, God will work a miracle in a human life and that human being can be changed by the power of God. But the hard part is the human part and the hard part is men do not like to repent. Jesus said these words, and Scripture is what we base our understanding upon. He said, enter into the straight gate. They came to him as he was speaking, and they said, Lord, are there many that be saved? He said to them in Matthew, enter you in at the straight of the hard gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight or hard is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and many or few there be rather that find it. Here in the scripture, we have an understanding that easy believism is not the way of righteousness. Beloved, God calls to repentance. That message is still the same. Judgment and mercy is mixed together. Repentance and faith are in the word of God together. And there is a call to mankind to repent. God knows nothing about born-again porno parlors. God knows nothing about porno alcoholics. God knows nothing about friend born again. Uh, dope addicts. Uh, he knows only about changed creatures uh, and he brings that change as mankind responds to the call to repent uh, and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Easy believism is a way, a four-line highway according to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you can set her on cruise control, a four-lane highway, kick back uh, and ride it all the way to hell. But it is not the way of Scripture. God still demands in 1978 that we will leave our sin as we come to him. We turn from God to idols to serve the true and the living God. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously in this present evil world. Oh, beloved, there's a call to repentance that goes out from the gospel. And if we're going to see miracle transformations of human nature, we're we're going to have to proclaim that God calls mankind to repent and believe the gospel. Can you say amen? See, there's an unchanging message in the Word of God, and that unchanging message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Scripture says, repent. When Jesus is coming, John said, whose fan is in his hand, he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He's going to lay the axe to the root of the trees, and every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. My friend, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a search for identity. That has a place somewhere, but that's not the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not something of, uh, of human ethics. I was in a service yesterday and uh, there was not any opportunity for people to get saved. There was no burden for people to get saved. There was, there was not even any appeal to people to get saved. And the speaker said, uh, behavior, uh, 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 relationships is all that it's all about. No, my friend, that's not at all it's all about. What it's all about is salvation. What it's all about is the Son of God dying on Calvary for sinful mankind. What it's all about, beloved, is mankind calling uh, out to God and God reaching down in the pits of sin and changing him and transforming him and sending him out with the good news that Jesus saves. 
I have a good friend, several good friends uh, in various uh, elements, uh, and uh, something that's become very uh, unpopular is the altar call in the day in which we live. And I have a lot of friends that hassle me concerning altar calls and, and so-called pressure tactics uh, 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 about evangelism. One of my friends I was talking to him on the phone, he says, uh, you, ought to, you ought to see what's happening. Somebody up here has, uh, has got what's called the divine moment, and somebody over here, uh, all they do is just glance in the eye and and uh, and uh, and these over here, they just pray a mass prayer. Ooh, I would love to have some those beautiful sinners like that to preach to. We don't have any like that over in Arizona. I'd love to just look people in the eye and glory to God, they'd get saved. How wonderful. Man, they, we got a bunch of mavericks over in Arizona. These critters been running out in the brush and up and down those canyons eating local wheat. They full of ticks. Reminds me of when I used to hunt. You run on to one of them, the, the moment you run on to them, their tail goes straight out behind. Their eyes get about that big. The hair comes up on, and they start high-stepping down there. Oh, I'd love to preach to some of those wonderful sinners that all you have to do is just to speak a word, glory to God and that wonderful salvation. Listen, these mavericks that they've got over in Arizona, you've got to run after them. You've got to run them down. You've got to rope them behind and before. You've got to throw them to the ground. You've got to tie them with a pig and string. You've got to hold them down and put the brand on them. Glory to God. Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this Sermon Podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks, and we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application Clint B. writes a five-star review. He said, I am so grateful for our fellowship. Thank you. This podcast, very helpful through the day. Uh, Bobby Sanford from North Carolina said, inspiring. Awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church. Uh, we could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews. Uh, these do help us to get the word out about this podcast I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, Afghanistan, Namibia, Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine, the list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon. Wonderful to have some of those easy sinners to get saved. I'd love to have some of those people. Reminds me when I was up in Montour, Idaho. Went out on a dairy farm one day, and out on that dairy farm, these folks milked cows, had a herd, I think, 28 or 32. 
And they said to me, they said, do you want to see us milk cows? I said, sure. I never seen anybody milk cows before. I'd like to see them. So we went out to the barn and I said, where are they? He said, oh, they're way down there, way off over the hill. So I looked. I didn't see any cows over there. This is all a mystery to me. I never seen anybody milk cows before. And so he looked out over the fence and go, whoa, whoa. Boy, I looked out there. Here come those old jerseys. <laughs> come on up. Put their head in the trough. Get some hay and some oats. And get milked. <laughs> We're not called to milk cows, buddy. Oh, you can find the fence down, the gate open. Not too hard to get a few old cows in to milk them. We're not called to milk cows. We're not called to milk old domesticated dairy cattle. We're not called to find somebody's gate down and their fence down or their gate open and put a little hay and beckon them on over into our barn so we can milk them. We're called to brand mavericks. But regardless of the method that we use, there is written in the scripture these words, that the foundation of God standeth sure having this brand. The great brand inspector is going to come and look over our work, beloved. And it's got this brand, the foundation that God builds. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I remember several saved in our ministry. I remember a young man that's here this morning. We made contact with him on the park in Prescott. He'd been eating dope, running all over the country, sleeping everywhere, doing everything. I remember making contact with that young man. Fourth of July, there was everything going on, sex, booze, dope, everything was there in plain sight. Began to witness to this young man and I began to lean on the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the love of God and how God could change his life. This young man at that time was about 20, 21 years old, been into Eastern religion. And right there on his bedroll in the Prescott Park, he kneeled down and accepted Jesus as his Savior and renounced Eastern religion and was delivered in a moment's time. He's here this morning. He's the pastor of a fine and a thriving congregation that God has put together because somebody pressured him to receive Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved, I tell you, the people that are there in our area, half of them are sleeping with somebody else's wife. They're eating dope. They've got this wrong with them. They're into a cult. Sixty percent of them need deliverance. And I don't understand. I confess I don't understand the easy believism. But I'll tell you what I do understand is I understand a person that's changed by the power of God. I understand a person that lets Jesus Christ come in and a revolution transpires and they're visibly upon their life. I see the marks of a changed life. They no longer sleep around. They no longer eat dope. They no longer are boozers. They no longer are filthy minded or filthy mouth. They're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That I understand because that's what God's called me to perform. I can go on with many illustrations. Time is running out. But let me share this poem with you before I move on. It's called The Hard Way. You're just out of date, said young Pastor Bate to one of our faithful old preachers who had carried for years in travail and tears the gospel to poor sinful creatures. You still preach on Hades and shock-cultured ladies with your barbarous doctrine of blood. You're so far behind, you'll never catch up. You're a flat tire stuck in the mud. 
For some little while, a wee bit of a smile enlightened the old preacher's face. Being made the butt of a ridiculous cut did not ruffle his sweetness and grace. Then he turned to young bait, so suave and sedate. Catch up, did my ears hear you say? Why, I couldn't succeed if I doubled your speed. My friend, I'm not going your way. I'd like to conclude with one thought concerning the urgency of the commission, and this is an emphasis that we have in the work throughout Arizona and the other places. See, we have a choice to make this morning, friend, and that choice is either we can take the commission and seriously exercise it, or we can build ourselves strong palaces and fortresses of holding out until the end. But you cannot have both. You either are going to have revival or you're going to have survival. We can either build ourselves strongholds to wait out the tribulation, invest our funds in gold and silver and, and uh, freeze-dried foods, uh, or we can throw our energies and our, our operation into reaching a lost world uh, for Jesus Christ, uh, but we cannot have both. This world is filled with stronghold cities. They're filled with the gates of hell. They're filled with cities that are the gateways to nations. There are cities in, in our land that are the gateways to states. These are strongholds. These are forts from which the enemy moves out and subjugates that entire area. And God is waiting for a people that will seriously take the commission and will urgently begin to understand that we do not have forever to preach this gospel. We do not have all the time that we want. And to occupy until I come does not mean, beloved, that we are given the, uh, the mandate to continue as long as we want and this will never change but there's an urgency to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a clear-cut commission and that commission is go ye into all the world. There's an urgency of a time factor concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you read this book you'll find throughout its pages there is an urgency. You'll find the oil that flows to the golden candlestick, beloved, flows from the almond-shaped leaves. There's a hastening involving the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a hastening rod that is the vindication of all that God is doing. There's an acceleration of the gospel of the Son of God. In the last days, the characterization of the last days is a quick work will the Lord make upon the earth. There's an urgency about what you and I do, and we must be about our Father's business, and our commission is to all the world, not to simply our locale or our neighborhood, not simply to the surrounding area. We are called this morning, beloved, to go unto all the world. Can you say amen? That involves every ethnic group. See, it's wonderful to be weepy on missionary night, and I love that service last night. Stirred my soul and, and uh, inside of me. I love to have a challenge. I appreciated the Brother Myers that spoke the word of not simply our funds and not simply our prayers, but God is looking for men that lay their lives upon the altar and say, God, the strongholds of sin in whatever state or whatever nation, I'll go to. I love that, but it's some, one thing to be weepy, beloved, and, uh, and, uh, and think about the dark-skinned people in New Guinea, and it's another thing to think about the dark-skinned people around Angeles Temple and down in Montebello and out across Los Angeles, isn't it? Oh, friend of mine, there are multitudes within the area of this place. There's a vast evangelistic field that no doubt would touch 40 or 50 nations of the world by the ethnic groups that are here. I wish you could feel what I feel sometimes when I fly 
high over the cities of Arizona and down over Mexico and over into New Mexico. Down in Mexico, beloved, there are cities of 100,000 and 200,000 people that are lying there without a vibrant, vital witness for the Son of God. The devil holds those cities in a stronghold. And in this, in this meeting this morning, there are men that speak the Mexican language. There are couples that God would lay hold of your heart and God would open a door and those cities lie there a hundred and two hundred thousand strong Hermosillo Guaymas there are Obregon and Las Mochis and other cities that lay there within the reach of this place that you and I have people in this area that speak the language that could go if we were but put before them the worldwide vision that God says there is an urgency we do not have forever and the gospel is to all the world can you say amen in New Mexico, beloved, there are six or eight major cities, anywhere from 25 to 35,000. There is no four-square gospel church in that place. Those cities are there waiting for someone to lay their life on the line and say, God, helping me, Lord, open a door, and I'll be your man that establishes the dominion. I'll be your man that establishes the kingdom. I'll be the man that receives the challenge and goes and plants a church. They're laying there within your reach. It is a mission field that the Spirit of God is saying to you, Come, and I will empower. Come, and I will enable. Come, and I will open the door. And you and I need to understand that the message is to all the world. I wish you could feel what I felt when I went into Western Australia, a nation that speaks English in Australia. is probably one of the greatest opportunities on the face of the earth today in Western Australia. I went in city after city. I saw the great stronghold city of Perth. I saw cities, beloved, of 25 and 35,000 people without a single full gospel church in that. No vibrant witness for the Son of God. And my heart leapt within me. And my heart throbbed as I realized, oh God, we have men and women, Lord, that could reach those cities. We have men and women that could be challenged. Oh, Spirit of God, breathe upon the church and let us know that the urgency of the hour is into all the world and we do not have forever to preach this gospel but time is running out i wonder if you stand with me for a moment as we conclude this service I wonder if you lift your hands to God. I wonder if you begin to praise him for what he wants to do. Begin to open your heart and ask God to breathe upon us and to make us that brand of fire that ignites. Oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Son of the living God, let your power be outpoured, Lord. My Father, we love you and we glorify your name. Lord, from this body of believers, let your power descend. Oh, God, let the visitation of your grace. <laughs> Let the vision of the harvest seas come upon us in this moment and this hour. In the glory of your power. In the glory of your power.
Say ye not four months, and then cometh harvest. For lift up your eyes, the fields are white already unto harvest. Fields are whitened unto harvest, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, that he will force out labors into his harvest. Let's lift our hands for a moment and just thank him for those promises and bless him as we conclude. Hallelujah. <laughs> God, we glorify your name today. Surely you've touched our hearts with your presence and with your power. And we wait upon you. Oh, God, touch, I pray. Families and men and women stir in the name of Jesus in this assembly. God, let a conviction grip the souls of men. Let them be brought to the vision in Jesus' name. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.